All right, go ahead, Sylvie. Hey everyone, welcome back to Game Changers Podcast, Inspiring Leaders of Tomorrow. I have here Harsh and Jaden and a very exciting guest, Daphne Reed, um, also known as Aunt Viv from Fresh Prince. So um, Daphne, tell us what you've been up to so far. What, how have you been dealing with this whole quarantine thing? Well, uh, I'm used to being at home in my studio because I do things like photography and sewing and designing so I'm used to being in my environment for long stretches of time this is getting a little old but uh, <laughs> I would appreciate a hug from someone other than my husband you know? <laughs> so that's it's fine uh, it's safety I don't mind uh, staying safe and making sure that other people are safe and I get to go out to the grocery store and to the bank into the post office but i don't touch anything so that's, good. that's all we can do for now right that's right so i sit at home and i make face masks so. yes that's awesome <laughs> that's great um so how have you been staying inspired through this isolation thing and like how have you been making most of your time i've been sewing i've mm -hmm. been creating uh i just finished that suit behind me almost finished Ooh. um yeah. you made and it? i've been making uh face masks I've been trying different patterns and different ways of doing it and have, I think, finally settled on one that I really like. Mm -hmm. That's great. Sweet. Fantastic. I wish I could cancel. My mom tried teaching me. I, I can't sew for anything. <laughs> <laughs> you could if you wanted to. So Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't really want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Daphne, you know, uh, obviously a lot of people know you as uh, at with from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But, uh, you know, we'd love to get a little bit of an intro from you about, you know, what you have done in your career and what you're doing now. Well, Fresh Prince was probably one of the last shows that I did. Um, I had a television career for 20 years before Fresh Prince. Mm -hmm. And I pop up in things like Touched by an Angel. No, uh, Murder, She Wrote and Simon and Simon. And I'm trying to think of things that played in Canada and uh sister sister and lots of lots and lots of television shows and then i took a break and moved to a farm in virginia and then they auditioned another round of fresh prints and i got the job and then after that we built a movie studio here in virginia and my husband and i ran that for about 18 years and then since we sold that, I've been designing lines of coats, like the one over here, and uh, making those, custom making them, as well as having the opportunity to be on television uh, in other shows. I just finished about a month ago, just before the quarantine, I finished a film in Los Angeles for Christmas called Franklin Christmas. Fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what really inspired you to really get into acting and the entertainment industry? Obviously, you know, you have been a part of this while um, a tough time, you know, in the mid 90s, 1900s. And, you know, there's such so much racial profiling, whether it's, you know, regular life or whether it's the industry. How did you really what really sparked your love for it? And how did you overcome those barriers? I got into show business in 1972. So I've been there 
while all the changes were being made. Now you talk about some profiling there. That was a tough time back in the 70s, but I happened to be in the right place at the right time and made a lot of television back then. I had been a model before that and had been on the cover of Glamour magazine and done lots of things while I was in college and then did commercials afterwards. And I was discovered in Chicago by Robert Conrad, if you remember who he is. He's the original Wild Wild West guy, way before uh, they redid it with, uh, with Will. A little bit before from our time. <laughs> a little bit before your time. Uh, quite, uh, quite a bit before our time, yes. Yeah. So I have been through all of the changes that Hollywood has been through in the past 45 years. And it's cyclical. It goes up and down and up and down. And now it's a great time for black women in, before, in front of the camera and behind the camera. It's uh, not always that way and it'll change again, I'm sure. But now's a good time. Fantastic, for sure. So, you know, the industry is so competitive, right? And it always has been. So what, what really got you into it and how did you get the opportunity? Was it a lot of consistency? Was it a lot of, you know, acting, education that went to behind it? Or what really got you into it? I was doing commercials and went on an audition for a show they were shooting in Chicago. And I got the role. And I continued in television because I kept getting roles. No, it was, no, I didn't go to school for it. My degree from the university is in interior design and architecture. I was asked in the 60s to smile. <laughs> and I smiled and they started taking pictures and paying me. So that's how I got my start. Yeah. And then I just learned everything I could, mostly on the job. I knew some background in acting from high school. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a group theater workshop, which is now the Negro Ensemble Company in New York. But it was just a hobby. It was nothing, it was no desire of mine to become an actress. It was, I don't know, I was supposed to be a teacher or something. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't training to be anything that I thought I might want to do for the rest of my life. So it came, it was there, it worked, and I kept doing it till it stopped working and I did something else. That makes sense, yeah. Um, so what was the response from fans after Fresh Prince became renowned worldwide? It was and is um, very, very good response. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of kudos. I'm working on my third generation now since we did it yeah. 25 years ago. Your parents and the parents had kids and those parents had kids. So I'm on <laughs> grandchildren now who are going, oh, Aunt Vivian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aunt that's awesome. Uh, so this show is quite easily a staple of American culture and it will live on for decades to come. Uh, how do you feel being a significant part of that? And did it feel that way when you were filming? I was in a lot of other shows that I thought were going to be iconic as well. <laughs> they didn't happen to become iconic. They're iconic culturally, but they're not iconic um, 
as widespread as Fresh Prince is. And we had no idea it was going to be the, what, the way it was. It was a special time, a special place. It was like all the stars aligned and magic happened. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen awesome. often, but I'm very happy to be part of it. And we're, this is our 30th year. <laughs> so uh, I think we'll do some celebrating this year, but it's, it's been a lovely, lovely uh, package to carry around. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, you work with some amazing actors as well. And uh, some, you know, obviously, you know, Will Smith, uh, you know, even for us, he's uh, someone we've grown up watching. Right. And, I can't not ask you, you know, how was he, you know, behind the scenes? Do you have some, because you worked with him for years. So how was working with Will Smith for so many years? What is he like behind the camera? Do you have any fun stories with Will that you'd like to share with us today? Well, uh, one of my favorite, um, favorite stories to tell about Will is the first day that I got there since I was the second Aunt Vivian. And I never said I went there to replace her. I didn't. I got a job and she didn't have a job. So Mm -hmm. that's all that that was. Mm -hmm. And the day I arrived uh, in my dressing room were six dozen long stem red roses. And they said, welcome. And they opened their arms, everyone on the cast, and welcomed me like I had been there the whole time. Oh, it was lovely. He was a sweetheart. He's the hardest working man I have ever seen. Uh, except for my husband, he works damn near as hard as he does. Mm-hmm. But even in rehearsals, Will gave 150%. He was dynamite. Wonderful, loving, warm, respectful. He was a cool dude. Did you tell that uh, he had the potential? Because he was uh, very young back then. Could you just... Did he glow potential and just just uh, success and stuff? I was um, pleasantly surprised at how successful he became. Although it didn't, I think his success to me was warranted because he was such a good businessman. Mm-hmm. He had a good group of people with him and behind him and he was smart. He's very, very smart. And uh, you can't take that kind of knowledge and not do something wonderful with it. So he, he had grown. He, was, he had done the show for three years before I got there. So he had learned a lot of lessons about acting, which he admits he didn't know how to do when he first started. And uh, he got a lot of help from the cast and from James Avery and, and um, oh, everybody else who was working on that show. He was surrounded by professional actors and he grew exponentially working with them. He listened well and he was smart enough to use the ideas. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, fantastic. Go ahead, Jim. So, so, um, so your husband uh, is also uh, big in the entertainment industry and uh, so you guys, he, he's played in shows like that 70s show and stuff like that. So you guys are busy household uh, acting, actors, um, people uh, just that are super busy doing stuff all the time. How do you manage your family life? 
Well, our kids are grown, so it's really easy. <laughs> we have grandchildren who are almost grown, which is makes it even easier. Um, it was is that true? Really? I thought you were in your fifties. Yeah, right. I was <laughs> twenty years ago. I was in my fifties. Um, <laughs> it's been a lovely ride. We've been very blessed. We have three children. I have one. He has two from former marriages, and we all enjoyed the ride together and they grew up wonderfully. I never had to get anybody out of jail. And, uh, and my husband and I learned how to work together and how to work apart and how to keep a marriage going with trust and honesty and, and uh, comedy. He's a funny guy. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And Jaden here is a big fan of the 70s show. So he was telling me, he's like, oh, I love that show. That's my favorite show. I watch this guy all the time. I didn't even know that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty yeah, cool. yeah. I thought maybe, um, what's your name? The young lady down here? Suvi. Mm -hmm. Yes. I thought maybe you might have seen Sister, Sister. I haven't. You know what? I wanted to ask you, what are some of your shows that you worked on that you wish had become more popular? My favorite show was Frank's Place, and it uh, was on CBS for one year. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the one that I really loved. We had a show on Showtime called uh, Link's Place, which was really a lot of fun. And I really hoped that that one would go on mm -hmm. for more than two years, but yeah. it didn't. Mm -hmm. But those are two of my favorites. Okay, okay, for mm -hmm. sure. I'll give those a watch for sure. Awesome. So, you know, obviously uh, you have so much experience in the entertainment industry and I would love to ask, you know, what is your message to, you know, these young generations that might want to be pursuing a career in acting or the entertainment industry based on how things have changed now and, you know, what you've learned over the years, what is, what are some suggestions and what is, what is some advice you would be giving to them? I would encourage young people who want to go into this business to learn about the business before they try to go in the business. I would encourage them to look behind the camera as well as wanting to be an actor or an actress because the actors are the last ones to be in the puzzle. Um, you have to wait to be chosen if you're an actor. But if you're a writer, you can create. If you're a director, you can create. Um, as an actor, you have to wait for some venue or for somebody to choose you. So I would encourage them to be well-rounded in the business and uh, find other parts of the business that they really are interested in and be willing to work very hard for uh, long days and long nights. Um, it's hard work. It's not just people showing up and trying to be celebrities. There's a lot of work involved with acting and a lot of technical knowledge that they need to know. They need to know how to hit their light, how to make sure that they're in the right place, how to memorize. How, there are a lot of different things that they don't think about. They just think about being a celebrity. And uh, that's not the point. Right. A celebrity sure. is what the public makes you. It's not something mm -hmm. you strive to do. Yeah. So, you and know, I obviously... Also, that they don't let the uh, failures go to their heart and don't let the successes go to their head. So try to live by that. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So obviously you've had a, a really fulfilling career, but you know, do you have any moments where you've really felt like maybe that first moment of when you really felt famous, when people really started to recognize your face? And do you have any really cool stories like that where you just had that really special moment with you know your viewers or your audience members? Um, I was thrilled the first day that I showed up on the Fresh Prince um, set. That first show was terrifying for me because I had done 20 years of television, but never live television. I had never done a half hour sitcom. All the sitcoms that I had done had been shot film style. So, you know, you stop and you start and you move and you, you know, it's different than shooting it before a live audience. Mm -hmm. And I was petrified, but it was the most gratifying response that I got when I was first introduced to the audience and they knew me from my other shows. So it wasn't like I was a stranger coming into the Fresh Prince cast. It was very honored and respectful that I was embraced um, on the cast. Mm -hmm. Great, fantastic. So, you know, obviously you've had that part of a career, but you've also had different aspects. You've been, you know, you've, ha you've done photography, you've done modeling, and now, you know, you've started this new, new business that you're working on. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and what this is about. I do a lot of different things depending on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we uh, had an annual fashion show that my husband did as a fundraiser for an institute that he runs. And I designed lines of clothes for that, which I would never have done on my own. Uh, I've always made clothes for myself, but I never made them for anybody else. As a matter of fact, I refused to make them for anybody else. So uh, after I started this line about five years ago, then I started a custom business of making uh, clothes. And the photography I do when I travel because I like to travel the world and take pictures of doors. So I've written books about doors and I've learned how to publish and I've learned how to create the books themselves and I, just have them printed. I don't go through a publisher. I self-publish and I sell my books and it's been a lovely, lovely ride. It's just been a great journey. And I don't know what's next, but <laughs> no, it's right. whatever's next. So, you know, with, uh, you know, we're coming close to, to a close for our podcast today, but we always ask our guests this one question with, you know, our name being Game Changers Podcast. What is, in one word over your career, if you could uh, describe, you know, what is one word that allowed you to be a game changer in your life and in your career? I was a game changer by being the first black woman on the cover of Glamour Magazine, the first black woman to be the homecoming queen of Northwestern University. I did a lot of first things. I changed the game for black women through the 70s and the 80s. And I continued to try to make any kind of change to society that I can manage. I'm on the board of many different 
groups um, to affect change in various aspects of society. I'm on a board for the ballet and I'm trying to make sure that my community, my cultural community knows how wonderful our ballet is and they get to participate. I'm on the board of Child Fund International. So I get to, I got to go to India this year to visit some of the projects that we're working on. And we're affecting change with uh, children's education and nutrition and mothers um, information on childbirth and, and growing food and making a change for the better for their children. So I continually look for opportunities to continue to make changes because I think that's what I was here to do. My purpose is to be of service. For sure. And it's, uh, it's great that you brought that up because, you know, we had a, one of our previous guests and that's what he kind of talked about. Of, you know, there's three different types of people where, you know, for some people, things happen to them. Some people, things happen for them, but for some people, things happen through them for others. And I think you really exemplify that about what you've done in terms of service to, for yourself and service to the, uh, the community of black women and, you know, uh, females all over. And you've really uh, contributed a lot to that. Well, I, I intend to continue to do that. That's what I find fulfillment in. So I think fulfilling one's purpose in one's life is the most noble gain that you can aspire to. Mm -hmm. awesome. And I think that's such a, such a beautiful spot to end our podcast today on. Uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on and you know, for people uh, that want to find you, you know, where can they find you on maybe social media or, you know, where are you available? You got your pens ready? Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> DaphneMaxwellReed.com. And okay. Daphne is a simple word, D-A-P-H-N-E. Don't try to put other <laughs> letters in there. <laughs> awesome. Maxwell awesome. Reed. And on my website, um, there's also links to social media. Awesome. Lovely. Well, thank you so yeah, much for coming so on. Well, thank you, young folk, for having me. Are you all, right, all in Edmonton? Yeah. Yes. Ah, <laughs> I have been there once. Really? 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 I don't remember. It was back in the <laughs> late 70s or early 80s. Oh, okay. I wasn't born yet. So, <laughs> <I'm> so, <sorry. laughs> so, so that's okay. My grandchildren weren't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice awesome. to meet all of you. And best of luck with your podcast. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for your energy and all the knowledge and wisdom you shared with us today. And, uh, you know, it was really amazing experience and really amazing experience for these guys as well, because I know we're all big fans of the show. And it was a really cool, cool opportunity. So thank you again. Thank you to our viewers for watching. This is our episode. Hope you guys are all staying inspired through isolation as our message continues to spread more and more to you guys. And thank you for watching again, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Peace uh, out.